Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 24 of That's What B Said. I am one of your hosts, uh, Bree Rust at Breezy Plea, and I'm joined by none other than Ms. Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hello, Britt. Hi, Bree. How are you? I'm <laughs> good. <laughs> we also have Meredith with us, as always, at MK on Sports. Meredith, hello. Hello, ladies. You guys hanging in there? Yeah. Good. Good. We have actually some sporting stuff to talk about. I know last week we were mostly quarantine chronicles. Nothing happened last week, but you guys got some great stories about our personal lives, murder. I was just really filled with, with really good content. Murder. So, murder. So we hope that this week we, we can deliver some sports because there's actually things to talk about. So we're going to kick off with uh, some draft talk because there's some news on that front. And we are just weeks away of the NFL draft. And it has been confirmed that it will be a full-on virtual draft, which I think at this point we all could have assumed would happen. Mm-hmm. But this essentially looks like all personnel will be at home. Um, of course, everybody's working from their homes now. And there's not supposed to be any group gatherings, including the potential players being drafted, which I think is very interesting because technically you can quarantine with your family. Um, so I don't know how any of that's going to happen. But what did you guys think of this whole change with the NFL? I'm actually honestly happy that it's still happening. I don't care if it's virtual. I- mm-hmm. I'm just happy we have something to watch and something to talk about. Well, that's the thing. And I think most people, especially by that time, are going to be so hungry for anything that even if it's virtual, you know, you don't get to see the guys dressed up in their weird getups and go Maybe on the stage and be. stuff. What's that? Better. Maybe they will still be, you know? I hope they're all wearing sweats. <laughs> well, I think I Gray saw... Gray sweats. With no shirts. Well, I think I, I think I saw in part of it where they said that... Um, the prospects will get to do um, like a Zoom type meeting with their new head coach and GM, and they're going to broadcast it. Like there were oh, going to be interviews, what? or and and th- although this was last week and I saw that, so I don't know if that was actually part of it or someone just making a guess. So they might um, show like you know whoever it is getting drafted talking to an owner on TV. Like that's ew, that'll be weird. Really. I think so. Like, well, would you want like a meeting with your boss to be broadcast well, on they television? Showed, well, they showed like in uh, in Hard Knocks, they had the scene with John Dorsey on the phone with Baker Mayfield. Hey, buddy boy, want to come, come play for the Browns? Ready to be the quarterback? That's 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 um that's my best uh, John Dorsey chewing gum. That was a good one. I approve. Well, so I mean, I, they showed that so. Um, I have to ask a very important question, though. Here we you go. know, there was a ton of outrage about the hats. Now we're not going to actually, like, do they still get the hat? Because, like, you know, it's the whole thing about they get to hold up their jersey and then they get a hat that they immediately put on. Like, how amazing would it be if, like, the hat was already there and they put it on? What or, if like, they just give... delivering it? What if they just give, like, the top 32 guys all of the hats <laughs> just in case? <laughs> And then they had these ugly hats for the rest of their lives. Yeah, like, what do you, what, you could donate them, I guess. Or uh, I think what they should do is they should draw the logo of the team that drafts them and hold it up. And how well you're able to draw the logo will determine your rookie salary. 
Or maybe they should give them all of the hats and then they should turn it into a guessing game. Like, okay, Chase Young, <laughs> where do you think you're going? And then like on Zoom, he just holds up the hat of the team that he hopes he goes to. Now that would, see, I'm a marketing genius. Yeah, That's well, right. they do that. Um, high school prospects do that on uh, National Signing Day. They do that all the time when they sign their letters of intent. Like, that's the thing. Like, they'll get out in front of the... Um, if you ever watch... Oh, gosh, what was it? I don't think it was Last Chance You, but it was um, it was some documentary. I actually think it may have been, like, an MTV made where he's, like, out in the auditorium at his high school and he's got hats in front of him for whatever school he wants to play or the schools that he is being recruited for. And then he signs his letter of intent for, I don't know, like some small school in Texas. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to go play at University of North Texas in Denton. Oh, my God. Do you guys know, like, how are they actually executing this? Like, will they be, will it be, like, via Zoom? Will it be via Skype? Will it be via FaceTime? Like, how, because, like, this is so interesting to me because, like, if it's Zoom, you know, I'm sure you guys have both been, and maybe you haven't been, but I've been on a lot of conference calls Mm -hmm. over the last, like, month or so. And I just feel like it's the most awkward setting sometimes because, things happen like the internet stream will go down or someone will freeze on the screen mm-hmm. did you see the the person who turned themselves into a potato <laughs> yes oh my god like, I for like two hours <laughs> that was amazing or like the girl that went to the bathroom and pulled down her pants because she didn't think that her video was on i mean oh my god yeah oh, so many so things i feel like have like went wrong in this virtual state of working so i just what do we think could could go wrong in this whole draft so many things a lot of things could go wrong but if you talk to some of the older gms like uh charlie casterly has said this a few times floyd reese has said this a few times like when they get in their like back in my day like they didn't have these big extravagant broadcasts they literally just called the nfl office and said okay you know we've got the number eight pick we're gonna take so and so you know it was it was a really simple process and i feel like that's what they could go back to but i think the nfl is just so concerned at the amount of lost revenue from not having a big stage production in Las Vegas that they're going to try and find. I saw somewhere that um, like NFL Network and ESPN are going to try and team up and have all of their broadcasters do some kind of big analysis. Like they're they're trying to find a way to make up for their money. So, I mean, it's possible to do it remotely because it's been done before. But, you know, I mean, I'll be 100 percent tuned in because I want to see something go wrong. (laughs) <laughs> like that'll be that'll be that'll be worth and i'm not saying that like pessimistically i just just like the reality of when you have to resort to all technology and yeah. the internet's involved and people in different places like it's it's bound to happen and i think that's actually must watch television for me it's gonna be good and, it's uh, gonna be good and at this point like i said everyone's so hungry for everything. like you could put what was that video game back in like the 80s like bing bong or something <laughs> Well, you know what I'm talking about? Or talking just about, like Pong. Was it just Pong? Oh, it was just Pong. Oh, Pong? Yeah. You could probably put that on TV right now and people will go nuts for it. Yeah, or Minecraft. Like that's we're it's in a Minecraft. sad state. What was the yes. one not Minecraft, the one that like is that what it was called? Where it was just like that gray screen and you just hit like a box. <laughs> Did anyone ever know how to play that? Was okay. there a strategy to that game? I've seen on the internet that there is a strategy and I still can't figure it out. Like, I I the used flags. to spend hours doing that when I was little. Because, like, you know, our computer didn't have a whole lot on it. And Solitaire. it had Minecraft. That game. But- Solitaire, yes. I was, a, I was a queen of Solitaire. And Freecell. Freecell yes. was another Free one. Freecell was fun. I, I really, le- I 
kind of like computer hearts, but sometimes I don't. I think the computer's mean. Let me play hearts on the computer. Do you guys have any games on your phone? Um, yeah, I downloaded Candy Crush uh, maybe a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. So right now that's, well, I mean, Bumble's kind um, of good... Mayor, 2015 calls. I know. <laughs> I'm just looking for something. Although um, Bumble has been a fun game on my phone. <laughs> you guys, uh-huh. Bumble has been a fun game to have on my phone. So, Oh, God. Swipe it... right, swipe left. Oh, God. Brittany, that's kind of like Did calm. you download something? I okay. Here's my thing. I've only had one game on every phone I've ever had since 2008. Okay. One game. That's it. What is it? It's called Bubble Breaker. Oh, I don't think I've heard of that one. The, I started playing on my brother-in-law's phone when I was like, how old was I? Well, I was pretty young in 2008, and like it was cool because he had one of those like high-techy phones, and it was like one of the first ones with the stylus on it. So I'd oh. sit there for like hours and play Bubble Breaker. Wait. And then every phone I've had after that, that's the only game I ever play on it. So like even now when I'm trying to fall asleep at night and trying to make my eyes tired, I play Bubble Breaker. I remember that. I think my husband at one point had a stylus and it was really fun with the stylus. It is. <laughs> and like with the Samsung Note, you, the reason I got this phone was because I thought it was so cool that you could write notes. And I've probably written one note and it was like the first day I got the phone and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you can buy, I bought um, a pen that has a stylus on one, so like the cap has the stylus on it. So mm-hmm. you take the cap off, it writes like a normal pen on paper, and then you put the cap on and you can write on it. Because I think the latest iPhone updates, you can do that too. You can scribble in notes and it'll convert it into type if you want it to. Wait, so iPhones, you can write notes? Like there's a stylus on iPhones? Uh, the iPhone doesn't come with the stylus. They, I mean, because it's Apple, they try to sell it to you separately for ten thousand dollars. Of course. But you, but I found mine at on the clearance rack at Target for like three bucks. Oh, so damn. you know, it's just it's just a normal like it's not a, any kind of special stylus. It just the the tip of the pen cap has um, whatever material allows you to draw on a touch screen. So that's what I bought and that's what I use. Oh, you Apple people! <laughs> yeah. I know. Come to the dark side. The dark side. <laughs> Oh, man. What were okay. we talking about? I don't know. The draft. The draft was, and technology. <laughs> technology. <laughs> okay, well, so let's let's talk about the draft a little bit because um, obviously we have the number 10th pick in the draft and everybody keeps talking about the best available. Chase Young, Joe Burrow, I think are vying for that number one spot. And also, I think there's been a lot of conversation about who the Browns end up taking in spot number 10. Um, because Daniel Jeremiah actually released a new mock. I think this was his mock draft number three. Yes. We had to talk about mock drafts. I have <laughs> But he had Isaiah Simmons falling to number 10. So there's a lot that we need to kind of unpack here. But first, is Chase Young the best overall? Is it Joe Burrow? And two, what do you guys think if we get a Isaiah Simmons? Um, first off, I will rub it in the Dale's faces because I tweeted weeks ago that I wanted to pick up Jack Conklin in free agency, uh, sign Alex Boone because he is, well, he's not currently in the NFL, but he's trying to get back into it. And then I said, well, you know, those are your two offensive linemen right there. And that frees you up to pick best available in the draft. And quite frankly, for the Browns needs, the best available is Isaiah Simmons. So I'm like, if you have Conklin and you've got Alex Boone, 
on your offensive line, then you're good there. And then you go get Isaiah Simmons at 10. And then all the Dales came after me with, he's not going to be available at 10. And I was like, <laughs> he might. Yeah, according like, to Daniel stran- Jeremiah, he might. <laughs> yeah, stranger things have happened in the draft than Isaiah Simmons falling to 10. So I will gloat if that happens. I will be so annoying and so obnoxious if Isaiah Simmons you say falls that, 10. but then once it once it happens, you're like, is this worth it? <laughs> <laughs> And the answer is always no. no. Uh, it's not worth it. it. Yeah. Oh, and knowing me, I'll wind up doing it and then regretting it later. And then I'll call Brittany up crying and be like, oh, my God, can I pay you to do my Twitter for me? <laughs> you do not want that. I promise you. <laughs> that leads me to the point, though. Like, this is why I hate mock drafts, because, like, everybody gets to release these mock drafts. And, like, what comes out of it? nothing Content. arguments Content. arguments yeah that's like, it what, yeah. and here's the thing like as a football fan you know i like college football i like pro football honest to god unless there's like a really good quarterback class like i really cared back in 2000 was it 18 when did baker come out 2018 yeah. Yeah, yeah i think that was 18 yeah so that was him and lamar jackson and josh allen and it was a really good quarterback class so that got me really interested in you know the draft and draft talk and everything I haven't cared since, and I probably cared maybe once or twice before that, and that's about it. And even now, as I'm sitting here looking at this list, and I was the one that got this rundown together, and I'm like looking for drafts, and I'm like, oh god, I have to sit here and look for drafts. What is well, my life? First of all, <laughs> if you look at the best available list, um, I have, or maybe I was looking at Daniel Jeremiah's. I don't even know. See, that's the other thing. Like, there's so many, there's too many lists. Like, I, I don't have time for this. Yeah, there so, are people like, that just this is their entire job. It's just to create lists like this. I get it. We're all quarantined, so fine. Create your list. But I don't have to care about your list. <laughs> and also, yes. like, I was looking at Daniel Jeremiah's picks, and I was like, oh, he has, I think he has three quarterbacks going ahead of us, and then, like, four offensive tackles, and then Chase Young. Yeah, so, so he's that's, got... That's pretty much well, how we get Isaiah Simmons at number 10. Yeah, so he's got Joe Burrow at one, uh, Chase Young going to the Redskins at two, Jeff Adugo going to the Lions. Um, so other quarterbacks, Justin Herbert uh, going to the Dolphins at five and Tua Tagovailoa going to the Chargers at six. Um, and then, and then um, like three offensive tackles, right? Uh, yeah. Derek Brown, he's a defensive tackle um, to the Panthers at seven. Jedrick Willis, offensive tackle at nine or at eight. And then Mekhi Becton, who's another offensive tackle at nine. So essentially it's um, the top three offensive tackles that the that I've heard that the Browns should go after were Tristan Wirfs, um, Makai mm-hmm. Becton, and Jedrick Willis. Like, those were the three that keep coming up. And on Daniel Jeremiah's, you know, mock 3.0, all mm-hmm. of those are taken before 10, which puts Isaiah Simmons at 10. I just, I can't see that happening. Like, I can't see him falling to 10. I think it depends, because, like, one of the things that I hear over and over and over again is that good teams pick the best available no matter what. They don't necessarily draft for need. They draft best available. And I'm like, well, I I also feel like best available is, it. I think it means something different to every team. Like, that's kind of why I hate that particular analysis. Because if you think about it, like, let's say that the Browns had the number one pick this year. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow is probably the best overall pick in the draft, but the Browns mm-hmm. don't need him because even if they hadn't signed Case Keenum, they still have Baker Mayfield. And so you really like they could 
conceivably have drafted Joe Burrow if they had the number one pick and it would have made sense because then you're like okay well now you've got this rookie quarterback to sit behind Baker Mayfield but then you've got the whole quarterback competition argument that comes out so I mean if you're looking at that if you know if the if the Browns had the number one this year Joe Burrow is the best overall but it's not necessarily the right pick for the Browns like if they had the number one overall they would probably go for Chase Young instead so that's why I'd say like that's I I feel like that's more true in the NBA where like you pick the best available player I like I don't know in football I'm not a GM obviously but if I were I'd probably lean towards what I need the most right I think too like it all depends on the type of scheme that that the team is putting together so Andrew Barry Kevin Stefanski what type of scheme are they putting together and what fits what players fit that scheme so I'm assuming Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that I'm also not a GM, clearly, but I'm guessing that they have a list put together of, like, these are the guys that fit the type of scheme that we're running, both offensive and defensively. And if these guys are available at our pick, then this is what we go with. And it's it's just such a huge puzzle piece that, that honestly is so intriguing because so much of your pick relies on what happens before you. So I can't even imagine yeah. the amount or number of scenarios that they have running yeah, that's um, their big. Yeah, it's the big board. It's the whiteboard. I forget which team it was, oh. but there was. It, it was recent too. It was like two or three years ago, where someone in the war room took a picture to post on social media, and they're like, "Hey, this is um, you know hard at work or whatever." But you could see the big board in the background, so you could see who they were looking at at every position in every scenario. And I was just like, "Oh God, that social media person just lost their job." see that's the that's the kind of buffoonery i'm looking forward to in (laughs) virtual draft night well john harbaugh thinks that's gonna happen because he's he's mad about the virtual draft because there have been so many stories of hackers getting into zoom that he's afraid of hackers like getting into their systems or whatever system they're going to be using to draft like john harbaugh is all pissy because he thinks that the ravens are going to get hacked and I was just like, I mean, here's the thing. For what can be hacked, if it's on a computer, the technology has always been there. It doesn't matter whether mm-hmm. we're in normal circumstances and there's a big production or we're in our current circumstances and it's a virtual production. Like if hackers wanted to get into your system and steal your playbook, if they wanted to get on your iPad or your Surface or whatever the NFL uses, they could, they could have already done it by now. Also, like what... What is the alternative here? Like, okay, John, what do you want them to do instead? This is a billion-dollar company, and they need to do something for the draft, right? And you obviously can't have people, you know, all together for that. So, John Harbaugh, mastermind, what would you suggest the NFL does instead? So, I have a little bit of a hot take. Oh, here we go. I think that John Harbaugh might be the lesser of the Harbaugh brothers. You like Jim better? See, here's why I like Jim Harbaugh. Because yeah. he is he is a psychopath. Like <laughs> Jim Harbaugh is the most mentally unstable person I have ever heard talk ever. And I just so I remember when I was living in Nashville and um the University of Alabama, Nick Saban was doing satellite camps in Middle Tennessee at the high schools and then Jim Harbaugh was like, "You know what? I think I'm going to do satellite camps too." And then Nick Saban lost his damn mind like it he blew up 
at SEC media days and just lost his mind because Jim Harbaugh was like, yeah, I think I'll do that too. And he's like, no, you can't do that. That's my territory. And it just like, it became a thing. And it's simply because Jim Harbaugh wanted to troll Nick Saban. And it was the funniest damn thing I had ever seen. And people were taking it so seriously and their heads were exploding. And I was like, you guys, Jim Harbaugh is a troll. Like he is doing this on purpose just to get under your skin. <laughs> like he is a nut job. He is a psychopath. And that's why I like him because he's just, he's content gold, baby. I personally think John Harbaugh should be worried because I don't know if he knows who we hired, but we hired a bunch of smart nerds and they probably will hack him. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, John, team nerds. Team nerds are going to get all your information <laughs> and you should be worried about this. They have all the connections. They have all the nerdy connections. What if Paul Dean D- what if Paul D- Podesta Browns is hackers. a hacker? Yeah, what if the Browns hackers? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that our greatest accomplishment i was about to say what if, what if paul d potesta is like a secret hacker and that's why he's been able to work for the browns in san diego this entire time he's just hacking in berea and be like you know what guys you don't need to include me i got it i know what you're talking Listen, about i read your none emails. of this none of this would surprise me at all yeah some shady shit browns hackers <laughs> I mean, we're known, for the our, hero. we're known for our backers bars, but maybe we'll become the Browns <laughs> hackers. <laughs> so last week, last week you came up with the Fidales, the AKA the Tracys. And this week we got the Browns hackers. Like, Brie, you are on a roll right now. Is anyone hiring? Oh, um, well, okay. So. My theory we... on the whole draft, though, is like, nope. Is anybody like addressing the fact, though, that like the NFL schedule is probably not going to happen in the normal current timeline? So I do feel like Roger Goodell is maybe like, is he denying the fact that the NFL schedule could be impacted by all of this? Because the reality is, if training camps are supposed to kick off in late July, mm-hmm. is that realistic? Um, will we even be having training camps this year? Like what, what is this all going to look like? And I can't imagine players right now, um, given the current circumstances, because this would have been this past last week would have been the week of OTAs, which obviously didn't happen. Um, or this week would have been OTAs that isn't happening. So, um, are you serious? This week would have been OTAs. Yeah, it would have been Monday, right? Um, oh my gosh. I have to check the schedule, but yeah, much to the chagrin of Odell Beckham Jr. Oh damn, he can't go to OTAs this year. <laughs> I know, right? Nobody can yeah. be mad about that, so I don't miss that. But you know, players are supposed to be doing workouts and getting back in the swing of things, and you know, there's it's not like they are being held accountable because they can't physically be around other people. So it's yeah. interesting. But I did see on the internet who tagged us in the post of. It was Lamar, Antonio Brown, and Hollywood Brown training together, right? Oh my god! Oh yeah, they had like their their arms around each other. I don't even want to talk about it. Apart, they were not six feet apart. Yeah, that was the moment my heart sunk. I'll never recover. You think Lamar's gonna get Corona? Oh my! I'm not even worried about that. I'm more worried that he's hanging out with Antonio. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, well, he's come on. He's cousins with Hollywood Brown, right? Marquise Brown on the Ravens. So I mean, is he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't. He's too pure. He's a human angel. He doesn't need to be hanging out with scum. And now he's tainted. He is. That made me look at him differently. That's my son. (laughs) I mean, this whole coronavirus thing, though. (laughs) I just like envision things as like. You know, if this is like really so weird, you know, on the news, like they just keep showing that like red ball of germs. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just, I saw that. Please tell me you're gonna say something about Antonio Brown. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just like when I saw that picture, I was like obviously thinking they were probably practicing together. So I just envisioned Lamar <laughs> throwing the football, but like imagining the football as like the red ball of germs. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know what you're taking, but can you airmail me some? <laughs> things that go through my head like no. stop my my face hurts <laughs> have you guys not seen the, seen the image of like yeah and it was very eye-opening but they were like imagine walking outside and seeing the coronavirus this way and it was like instead of people it was like just the red floating the red balls ball. of germs well that was the um that was in the uh love is blind meme that i sent you guys where it was covid19 jessica 34 <laughs> yeah, that was amazing it was, it was the big red ball <laughs> Ew. <laughs> now it's even worse. <laughs> okay, so okay, if we had to pick who's like the human personification of the coronavirus, like would it be Antonio Brown or would it be Jessica from Love is Blind? Oh. It'd probably be someone worse. Yeah, that's could it be worse than those? T- oh yeah, it could be worse. It could. That was probably a really mean question, but it just like popped in my head and I was like, oh, that'd be fun. And then as I'm saying it, I was like, oh, that sounds makes me kind of sound like a shitty person. But hmm. off the top of my head, see, this is the problem is that I'm a working class hero now. So my brain is mush by like nine o'clock at night. (laughs) So I'm not as witty as I usually am, guys. No, you're you're doing fine. I took us into a really weird place. Also, these are things that we haven't prepared for. It's really hard when, yeah, when you get these questions and you have had a chance to think about it. Yeah, it, yeah. and it's a, it's a weird thing because we're kind of living, we're literally living day by day. So to go back to your question about the NFL and the schedule, um, I think Roger Goodell is like waiting with bated breath, like holding his breath and hoping things start to get back to normal around summertime because even though things like mini camps and rookie camps and OTAs, even though those things are are all canceled or could be canceled, you know, if things start to normalize by midsummer, then, you know, you can probably have um, training camps start up in August. You might have an abbreviated preseason, but I think he's holding his breath and hoping that things start to get back to normal midsummer, late summer, because then the NFL season can start on time and you don't have to worry about it. Now, I imagine because I know last year the Browns increased the capacity for fans at training camp. So I have a ima- I imagine that if training camp happens as scheduled, that's going to have to be scaled way back. You know what else increased for the Browns? The freaking season ticket prices oh. for most of them. Which I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just thinking about that right now. I'm like, what horrible timing that they, okay. So they went through and made the announcements a couple of months ago about the ticket prices increasing and certain sections were impacted, not all of them. So I will say that it was certain sections. My section was one of them. Um, and right now, if you didn't make payments back in September, because they wanted you to commit earlier on to make your payments, which mm-hmm. I did not do, um, they you are making your payments right now um, for season tickets. So, oh, no. yeah. So, and I haven't, and they're not heard like anything. suspending that. No, I haven't heard anything. Like my um, ticket broker has not reached out to me at all, which I thought was very interesting, but I, yeah, I just wonder like what they are even thinking in terms of payments. And, you know, there's a lot of people out of work and the last thing on their mind is 
paying probably for football season tickets that right right now there's just a lot of uncertainty if that's even happening. Yeah, because even if the NFL starts playing on time, like if we've got our first game in August or September, there's no guarantee that there's actually going to be fans allowed at that game. And if they are, right. it could be, you know, scaled back to a degree. Like it could be one of those things where they make people sit in like every other seat and every other section is empty. Like, I don't know how they would do it, especially for a place like First Energy Stadium. Or even if you look at um, the Horseshoe in Columbus for Ohio State, I mean, yeah. that stadium seats like 110,000 people, right? Like it's massive so if college football happens but you have to have uh a limited spectators like how do you like how do you say okay only fifty thousand people can come to this ohio state game yeah. when it normally holds 100 110,000 or something like that it just it seems like a logistical nightmare and i feel like that's the type of thing that would also drive the price of tickets way up like if you're a diehard ohio state fan and you Ooh. go to every single home game and all of a sudden, you know, the 100,000 tickets that were available are now down to 50,000. Like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, tailgating would be a huge mess, too. But oh, yeah. Uh, before we move on, because we will um, we will talk about this a little bit because we're going to get into it with the MLB. So I don't want to I don't want to talk about like the stadium and what they could do and what they could not do. Because I think the MLB is kicking around um, doing starting their season and not playing in front of any fans, which could also happen in the NBA, but um, there's a couple of things I want to just wrap up um, with the Browns. And then, Brittany, you had something in the rundown that I need you to elaborate on because there's no context. And it has Is to this with... the Chase Young thing or the Todd McShay thing? <laughs> this is the Todd McShay thing. <laughs> Be specific. <laughs> Todd McShay. Actually, no, before we get into Todd McShay. <laughs> yes, go, what a, Queen. What a weird sentence. Um, Brie, I just need to ask you, as an Ohio State fan yes. and an Ohio State alum, and a you know a football mastermind, obviously. Please. Do you think Chase Young is the best player in the draft? I do. do I you? really do. I think he's the real deal. I think he's a sure thing. I think whoever takes him, they'll be locked down. I do. Okay. I think he's I like. I think asked. he's similar in a like a, as Miles Garrett, um, in terms Ooh. of being a staple and a franchise player for sure. All right. How we'll did you feel happen. about his combine thing when he was like, I'm not doing the combine because I'm the best player in the draft? I know. I struggle with that. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, Nick Bosa when he did that. Same mm -hmm. thing. Was it Nick Bosa or was it Joey? I always get them confused. It sounds like a Nick move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one that he, uh, Nick's <laughs> the one that plays for the Niners, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm pretty um, sure it was him. He, I mean, he obviously sat out. Um, he got injured at the beginning of um, the football season when he was at Ohio State, and he ended up sitting uh -huh. out the entire year. He actually did participate, I believe, in the Combine, but um, I just, I struggle because I do feel like the Combine is almost becoming less and less important. Uh -huh. And I feel like Chase Young, because he played an entire season at Ohio State, he, he didn't sit out, he didn't get injured. I do feel like, you know, his proof was kind of in the pudding in terms of, like, what type of player he was. So I wasn't really bothered by it. So, like, the last, I don't know, was it two or three games? Like, after he he came back from suspension, I think especially in the past, like, two games, where he wasn't really a factor. Like, in the I remember that specifically. Because I actually did. I watched almost every Ohio State game this year, I think. The only time I didn't was when they were on the same time as Notre Dame. But, um, so, like, I, I watched this team a lot. But it seemed like he wasn't really much of a factor 
in the, in the last like two, three regular season games. Did... Yeah, I think I think he was getting well. I not specifically on the regular season, but I think in the national or in the um, semifinal game, I think he was catching a lot of flack for not being an impact player. But mm-hmm. what I remember from that game is him getting like double teamed and held like quite a bit in that entire game. Um, so okay. I do feel like that that was something that um, wasn't adjusted in game um, or necessarily being called for, um, which I feel like we as Browns fans kind of go through with Miles Garrett sometimes too, where sure. it, it does feel like sometimes he's not a factor at all. And then there's other times in the game where he's just unstoppable. So I have complete confidence in him. And I, I do think whoever ends up getting him um, will be set in that position um, for a very long time. Okay. I just had to ask. I had to ask an Ohio State fan. No, no, that's it's good. And I'm, you know me, I'm not like, <laughs> I'll give it to you straight when it comes to Ohio State. I'm not like, I don't see them always with rose-colored glasses at all. That is true. Or you should say scarlet-colored glasses. <laughs> true, true. All right, second thing. Next on the agenda is how much I hate Todd McShay. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to know. I'm like, this was really random. Like, did I miss something on the internet? What happened? There's nothing that happened. So, like, sometimes in my life, there are people that just, for whatever reason, and there's not really much of one, like, they just really get on my nerves. And he's probably in the top five. And I think it's only because I like Mel Kuyper so much. Because he, like, imagine this is your only job of the year, right? Like, this is your Super Bowl. Draft season is your time to shine, Mel. And he's done it for so long. And I don't know statistically if he's right even, you know, half the time about things. But, like, he's such a staple there that you just get so, he's like, you know, a grandpa or something. Like, hi, Mel. Aw, you're cute. Kind of funny, dude. And then Todd McShay's this weirdo little guy that comes out of nowhere. Like, how long has he been there? Like, 10 or 15 years now? Something like that. It's like his little, like, protege or something. But he's not him, you know? Okay, so here's the thing. So when you put that in the rundown, I was just like, it, I was so blown away by it. I was like, what? What are you even talking about? So I decided to go and look at Todd McShay and some of his content. <laughs> you might hate me for saying this, but I was watching... Um, one of his mock draft videos from a day or two ago. And I was like, you know Mm -hmm. what? He kind of talks like Glenn from Superstore. Like if Glenn's Glenn's voice was like an octave lower, that's Todd McShay. (laughs) Yeah, like he just, he reminds me of like a kid that would remind a teacher that homework's due. Like that's Todd McShay. And that he's always just like grinded, grinded my gears for like years. And I can't quite put my finger on it. But I think it's just because, you know, Mel Kuyper's there. He's the man. <laughs> and then you have little nerdy Todd McShay chiming in like, hey, oh, hi, guys. <laughs> Poor man's Glenn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's my Todd McShay rant. Oh, well, thank you for clarifying. I, yeah, I was like, did I miss something? I was like trying to like go on the internet to be like, what happened? That <laughs> no, he's never done anything. <laughs> No, it's fine. I, I feel like I have some sometimes some of those feelings about certain people. Yeah, like some people just get on your nerves yeah. and you're not even sure why. They just do. Like we all do to most <laughs> of some of Brown's Twitter. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the We're not going to get into that either. Meredith and I. So Meredith and I did, and we miss you Monday, Brittany, but we did, or Sunday, whatever day that was. 
uh, we did a hot mic um, event and we got to rewatch the Cavs game seven uh, finals in 2016. And it was a really cool, um, really cool event on hot mic. So you guys can find us on hot mic, um, download the app. You can use code B said um, to join us. It's completely free, but it's just, it's really cool. It's an interactive, um, interactive app where you will see us uh, essentially talking during the event, kind of like we do right now, um, and also interacting with you guys in the comments was a lot of fun. And Meredith and I were kind of touching on, like, we we didn't want any Dales to be there, and we weren't certain that there wouldn't be based on what happened mm-hmm. over the weekend, but we also didn't want to give any of those Dales any type of mention on our event. But luckily, it was it went off scotch-free, and there, it was the fun. banter yeah. was great in the comment section. So I was trying to explain hot mics to my dad, um because you know with with everything going on i've got a little bit more time on my hands you know without sports my dad's like well are you keeping busy like what are you doing um and i was like well you know with with the podcast we're we're doing something called hot mics and it's you know where we can watch events with with people who tune in with us and they'll hear our commentary and he goes oh so it's like mystery science theater 3000 i was like oh my god you Yes. I mean, and that's exactly that's pretty much what it is. But yeah, but then anyone who tunes in has the ability to uh, interact with us. There's a, a live message board that happens during the event, which was so much fun. Actually, I think at one point during the broadcast, we went into detail what makes a Dale because I think someone asked if he was a Dale or not. And we had to uh, reassure him that he was not a Dale. Yeah. I was like, you wouldn't be watching this with us if you were a Dale. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so yeah, we... Um, that was fun, and we actually hope to do that very soon again. There is a Cleveland Browns versus Jets game re-airing on Thursday that we will hope to um, get out to you guys. We'll give you the details, um, but we hope that you guys will join us and watch with us. Um, during that game, we can relive Bacon... Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> bacon Mayfield. Bacon Mayfield's debut. Wow. Oh my god, this game is going to be so hard for me to watch because it was the it was the game that Tyrod Taylor got injured. Oh, I love Tyrod. I was so and, sad about that. And never played another snap for the Browns again. No, I, know. I was Team Tyrod heavy. I oh was my god, too. I was a big I was a big supporter of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went I went to school with Tyrod, so I just I so he was so and still is just so insanely beloved at Virginia Tech um, for what he did both on and off the field while he was there. And all I've ever wanted for him was to have the same success in the NFL that he's had in college. Because if you talk to any person who's a Virginia Tech football fan and you bring up Tyrod Taylor, they swoon every single time. And I just wanted that for him. Like I wanted that for him when he was with the Ravens and I wanted that for him when he was with the Bills. And then when he came to Cleveland, it was like the greatest day of my professional life in Cleveland was when Tyrod Taylor signed with the Browns and it just I I'm convinced that he got injured in one of the preseason games and it just never healed properly and then he got seriously injured to the point where he couldn't play in that Jets game so it was just it was tough it was tough he's he's my guy although I think yeah, I saw that... that the Chargers might name him starting quarterback which I hope that oh, happens good. I hope him. they do Ooh, I really hope they do that'd be interesting yeah if we hot mic this game like the first the entire first half, like nothing happened. It was so bad. <laughs> so it'll be really interesting to rewatch and relive those moments. Um, but we're gonna wrap up the wrap up the Browns conversation. The only other thing that happened, um, 
we have to give a shout out to Joe Thomas and Alex Mack for making the all NFL decade team. Yeah. Um, those are the only two that deserve it. Let's be real. From the <laughs> so, I, now, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we got a long way to go. Who was you guys? Is anyone missing? Who would you guys think? I thought I saw mm. Joe Hayden was kind of throwing up a stink about this. No, no. Well, it's hard because like because the Browns have, the Browns have been so bad for so, so bad. long. Yeah, and yeah. The amazing thing about Joe Thomas is that he still managed to be the best left tackle in the NFL throughout his entire career, just by playing Ugh. for one of the worst teams in the NFL for his entire career. That's actually yeah. so disappointing that we had such a good offensive line all those years without a quarterback. Like, come on. Yes. Makes you want to vomit. Heartbreaking. But also, I have to mention, Building the Browns is back, um, which airs every Sunday, I think at 11 a.m., on one of the local Cleveland channels. However, if you don't get a chance to watch it live locally, you can find it on YouTube. Um, if you just search Building the Browns. So I watched it, you guys, on uh, Monday night. And let me just tell you, Zaddy, whew, <laughs> it was clearly all about him and Andrew Barry. And it is well worth the watch. He is just delicious. I might actually watch it this year. You should, 100%. I, when does it come out? It's every Sunday they air a new episode, and usually, like, a few hours after, they'll have it ready to go on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll check it out this year. For, like, no reason specifically, but just, you know. Other than because the fact that we're all stars for, for content. Clearly. <laughs> it's not because I have a huge crush on <laughs> the nerds on the top. Oh, you it know. was so good. Yeah, they, um, if you guys didn't watch it, I'll just give you a quick rundown on it. But yeah, tell us. Um, it was obviously about the Stefanski hiring, the Andrew Berry hiring. So I touched a little bit on that. Kind of got like oh a little bit God. of Perfect. behind the scenes, um, getting ready for their press conference, going to Berea, seeing their office for the first time, and then obviously preparing for the NFL Combine, which was pretty cool um, to take a look at. And then um, on Sunday's episode, this coming Sunday's episode, they're going to address the kind of the start of the coronavirus and everybody working from home and how they're going to tackle that side of things, which I think will be really interesting. But Kevin Stefanski was supposed to move um, to Cleveland and he is currently stuck in Minnesota. So uh, because of the whole everything. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of coronavirus, let's talk about the MLB a little bit because uh, we all know there's no sports happening. There's no talk of sports happening, but um there have been conversations within the MLB that there could be games being played in May. How? Well, they are looking at getting all teams pretty much sequestered in Arizona to play games without any fans. Mm. I have so many questions about this, you guys. <laughs> right? First of all, how do they like... get to Arizona? Like, is everyone yeah. driving? I don't know. Well, yeah, because even... even flying private, like, is still a concern. Yeah, well, because, I mean, even for um, for us in Ohio, I think anyone traveling into the state, whether it's by plane or by car, if you're traveling into the state of Ohio, you're required to be quarantined and isolated for 14 days coming into the state. So, and I imagine other states with stay-at-home orders have yeah. similar guidelines. So there's that. There are so 
they're like the idea of trying to get those players to Arizona now and get them ready to start playing by May is such a logistical nightmare. And I think there are so many things that Major League Baseball probably hasn't thought through yet with this, because if you think about it, they're talking about putting these guys in isolation for four and a half to five months, which, by the way, um, (laughs) solitary confinement is considered cruel and unusual punishment. And that's pretty much what they're, you know, what they would be doing. But it wouldn't just be the baseball players like you always have you also have to think of the managers the assistant coaches the pitching coaches every you know every person involved with the team every person that has to be there and then on top Mm. of that if they're in hotels there's going to be hotel staff you have to make sure that they don't have the virus or that they're quarantined and then if there's you know food deliveries or feeding them you have to make sure that anyone touching their food like there's just there are so many people that you have to worry about who could potentially come in contact with these guys other than right. each other. Right. And it's like, for what? Yeah. I was just going to say you that. You know, like, is the payoff that good? Because if you can't have fans, they're not spending money. They're not coming to the stadiums. They're not, you know, buying well, tickets. Well, they'll get TV deals. Like, I think that's probably part of their concern is without the games, they lose. Because the television station or the broadcast companies pay the league for the rights to broadcast these games. So if there's no don't games they already to broadcast, have like they're... contracts. Yeah. So there's I don't know like the specifics on each network and each contract, but I think that could probably be a concern is that if they're not playing games, they're not going to be getting the network money from broadcasting the games. So, just... so they're going to force these players, all of them, every single major league team, to Arizona, play on what minor league fields? Spring training fields. Okay, spring training fields for however long this goes on for. Can you imagine how boring that's like base? I, you know, one of the arguments for <laughs> against baseball is that it's very boring. It's very boring to watch. If you're not at the game, it's very boring. Imagine how much more boring it's going to be when there's nobody in the stands. Right. Also, and another thing I thought of: what happens if you have to call someone up from a minor league system? Like, are these mi- right? Like, are the minor league guys staying in shape the same way the major league guys are? And when that happens, because a lot of times, like I had a friend, um, he was a he was a closer for the Diamondbacks for a while. I don't know if he's still playing, but I remember when he got called up, like he had to be in Arizona like that night like he got a call from Mm -hmm. the gm and was like hey we need you like this is your flight and they have to get on that night now that can't happen if everyone is sequestered so if you're calling someone from your farm team across the country like okay you need that player now but okay they're coming in the state now they have to be sequestered for 14 days like you can't yeah you're not going to be able to call up guys from the minor leagues yeah and then you look at how like the nba handled this whole thing like as soon as you know there was a threat of some they just canceled everything and yeah. they're like all right guys never mind screw everything we're not doing anything else we're not going to do the whole thing with no fans in the stands like it's just all canceled they took it very seriously from the very beginning and now major league baseball is kind of like well you know we could just sequester them in arizona and see like come on just re- yeah. relax for a little bit you know what this this all seems like an unnecessary step that for not a whole lot, you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's also you it's not even just like the self isolation. Like their families, like they won't be seeing their families. 
um, which I know they don't see their, a lot of their families anyway when they're on the road, but they do have home games where they would be able to get home and see them. You were literally putting them in isolation, and it's not like they're isolated in their own home. Like, it's very mm-hmm. different to be isolated in your own home and be in the comfort of that home versus being in a random hotel room without yeah. any of your family there with you because they couldn't do that just based on, I think, the risk of it all. I don't know. Like, I think this is just a really, really bad deal for the players specifically. Yeah. Yeah, and, so, and all the coaches involved, coaches and staff involved as well. Yeah, especially when you have like, especially when you have someone like Terry Francona, who's a little older and has yeah. had has a history of health problems. Like mm-hmm. he's probably high risk. Like, do you really want to put him, um, you know, do you really want to put him in that situation? Because Terry Francona is a damn treasure, and I want to protect him at all costs. But also, when you actually play those games, you can't really follow social distancing guidelines. Like, how are you going to fit 20 guys in the dugout and have them sit six feet apart? Like, how are you going to have, you know, if someone, you know, hits, they get a single and they're standing on first base, how are they going to stand? You know, are they going to stand six feet apart from the first baseman? How do you tag a guy out? Like, there's just, I don't know. I I, right. I think what I think happened, and this is based on the press release that major league baseball sent out around oh god it was like 11 30 um this morning tuesday morning um i i think that they were just bouncing around ideas and then that when this half-baked idea just leaked and then they had to put out a statement saying oh well we're you know we're only going to do this if public health officials say it's okay and so and it's like well yeah obviously because the optics of you ignoring public health officials <laughs> is awful. So I think I, I really, I, I just think it's a really half-baked idea. I think they're trying to find things and then someone betrayed them and leaked it to Jeff Passan, who was the one who broke the story. So that's what I think happened with that. But yeah, just like, so there's just, yeah, it's just all around a terrible idea. I think idea. Major League Baseball should just, you know, if they're going to start... And I'm not going to say, you know, I, I'm not a doctor, obviously, so I don't know when the best time to start the season would be. But I've always thought that baseball season should go from, like, Memorial Day to, like, I don't know, Labor Day-ish. And, like, that's good enough. Like, that's it for me. So maybe <laughs> yeah, I- I'll get, like, half of my wish. And then who knows? Maybe this will be the best thing that ever happened in Major League Baseball. And then they can just say... Hey guys, you know what? This really worked for us. Let's cut down the season like it should be, right? You're a yeah. I, I think at this point, <laughs> at this point, I'm I'm with you. Like, just shorten the season. Like it yeah. is what it is at this point. And yeah, there's no telling when things will go back to normal. I I, I don't know if you guys saw. My dad had an idea Ooh, let's for hear the MLB. It. <laughs> And your mom <laughs> tweeted it. Please tell the whole story. Yeah, this is like my favorite story. So um, we're obviously in a like family group text. I'm sure you guys all have the same thing. And mm-hmm. my mom sends, or my dad sent the text message to the group and was like, here's an idea for the MLB to get some sports entertainment back and also sports betting. And it's like these two paragraphs of how the MLB should do a home run derby Um one player from each team, I think, is how we pitched it. Mm-hmm. You could even use a um, pitching machine, so there didn't have to be, like, an actual pitcher there. Obviously, nobody in the stadium, and maybe someone shagging fly balls. And it could mm-hmm. be televised, um, and each player is, like, competing with someone else. And you could do sports betting, whatever, but they would be able to televise it, make money off of it, betting, and whatnot. So my dad was, like, really amped about this idea. So... You know, he sends it to the group text, and my mom was like, you should tweet at ESPN. 
<laughs> and so someone else responds like, well, Brie, why don't you tweet it? You have all the followers. And I was like, mom, why don't you tweet it? And then I'll retweet it for you. <laughs> so she calls me like five minutes later in a panic because she was like, I can't get it all to fit. And I was like, mom, I was like, you have to make it a thread. She goes, well, how do I do that? And I was like, you know, like, fit however much you can on one tweet and then just put, like, oh, one God. dash two and then go to the next tweet. And she was like, what do you mean? It doesn't just do that for you? I was like, no. It doesn't just do that for you. I love her so much. Oh, so, yes, she tweeted me and I retweeted um, my I retweeted my mom. Um, so if you're not following my mom, go ahead and follow her. Um, Please. So she listened. She called me later later that day, and she goes, "I've gotten like 18 likes on that tweet." <laughs> so you guys, you guys all made my mom and dad's night with your interaction on Twitter. Oh, so. my queen. My queen. <laughs> Yeah, my mom. My queen. Yeah, she tweeted at Brittany on my birthday to make sure that... She's like, guys, you have to make it very special for her. <laughs> I know. I said, we will do that. I promise you. She called me that night. She goes, I'm just so happy Brittany did that. What a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, she's the best. I miss her. I miss them. Haven't seen them. Yeah, when do you get to, like... Oh, they came over while they... They stood outside for your daughter's birthday, yes, huh? Yes, we had a quarantined um, social distancing party. That um, was adorable. Where everyone stood outside. And it was funny, like, little dude tried to hug my dad. You know, he he obviously doesn't quite understand, but he tried mm-hmm. to hug my dad. And my dad was, like, running away from him like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. This is the type of world we're living in right now. It's true. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's really all we had from a sports perspective. Do you guys have anything else going on outside of sports? I don't. I just, <laughs> I'm right. finally, what like, my on? life is so. <laughs> I, I, nothing that I want to talk about. How's that? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. It's been, um, it's been a rough day for me. So it, this was a good, a good release for me. It was. It's always good talking to you ladies. You cheer me up. Meredith. Seconded, thirded, yeah. I mean, my. I, just, I, mean, I feel I like just, we're finally just, hitting a breaking point, lately. I know. Well, I mean, I just I agree with both of you guys, and I, I feel like I've kind of like monopolized the mic tonight. So I was like, oh, man, I'm talking too much, but um, no, not at all. Because you know what? I didn't really feel like talking that much. <laughs> yeah, and so I just with worked you out day. perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I just have such strong opinions, but I mean, yeah, things are. I mean, things are pretty much the same. Um, I decided to go out for a walk yesterday. Uh, and discovered there's a metro park like walking distance from my apartment and it made me so happy Aww. i spent the entire afternoon at the metro park and and i'm very happy to report that while there were there was a good amount of people there but everyone was being respectful and keeping their distance so i'm very proud to report at least on the west side of cleveland on our metro parks out here people are practicing social distancing because i think that would be that would be just awful if Mike DeWine had to shut down the Metro parks because people don't practice social distancing at them, especially with the weather getting warmer. We're going to have more sunny days. So it's going to be even harder to stay inside. And right now with nothing being open, everyone's going to want to try to find something to do. So if you do decide to go to a park or something, just make sure that you're distant from everybody else, because if you're not, then um, we're going to get our toys taken away from us. And 
We've already gotten all of our toys taken away. We don't want, you know, the last... We don't want Forky taken away. The last little yeah. piece of trash yes. that we're all playing with. By the way, I watched Toy Story 4. I was going to say, you must be on watching Disney+. Plus. Yes. <laughs> That's what Meredith is doing. Yes. Yeah, so, and then and then I watched Miracle this weekend, and it's ridiculous, because I've seen this movie so many times. I've literally never cried watching this movie, and then... This weekend I watched it and I teared up at a scene that wasn't even that emotional. And I'm like, God, man, I was like, I need to get my shit together because I am just overly emotional about nothing right now. Um, One cool thing that I want to tell you guys, I'm sure you guys saw it yesterday, but uh, on Monday, because this will air on Wednesday. On Monday, I tweeted and asked for some good news from people because it kind of feels like we're all in a space where we can use some good news because we get so slammed with you know, the world's ending and everyone's sick and so much death and whatever. But like, so I asked for good news the other day and guys, did you see all the responses in there? Um, I started reading the thread, but there were hundreds of responses. So I, um, there were so many, like it made me feel so much better. So if any, if you're listening to this, go back, you know, to my Twitter two days ago, I haven't tweeted that much in the past couple of days. So it's pretty recent. Um, and you'll see it like I I got pictures from nurses and updates on people that have, you know, like th- this one person, he's taking care of his mom and she's had a cough for three weeks and she has Alzheimer's, but she's starting to clear up. Um, Jules, friend of the show, she has recovered from coronavirus. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. She's back home. Yeah, there was, I think there was probably like 200 responses of just people with good news. And some of it was really good news. Some of it was like small victories, but it was all very uplifting. So I suggest everyone go check that out if you need a little pick me up today. Yeah, and I tweeted uh, two weeks ago um, since I was kind of down. I asked people to send me pictures of their pets. Um, and I got tons of amazing pet pictures. I was very excited. And also, so I'm going to say this about my boss. Um, I absolutely love my boss because he's he's not actively on Twitter, but he does pay attention to what everyone else is tweeting. So when he saw he saw he obviously saw my tweet asking for people to send me cute animal pictures and he texted me a picture of his dog and he was like, I don't know why you're feeling sad, but here's a picture of my dog. And I was Aww. like, oh, my God, like, you're the best boss in the world. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I think I favorited that tweet, Brittany, so I can go back. I'm going to read through like every yes. response because I'm definitely going to need some uh some uplifting news for sure it was a good thread so much so much positivity in that you know i will say i feel like there's been a lot of positivity happening out there so like sometimes in social media it can be really good sure i saw a video today of a man he recovered from coronavirus he was 92 i think wow he was leaving the hospital and all the nurses were standing there clapping love. for him, which was so cute. Yes. I loved it. Love those things. And then my um my little niece, who is seven, <gasps> I saw um, that. she drew a picture. She's she's she loves drawing. Um she's a budding little artist, very creative. And um her favorite art or favorite author and illustrator, um, my sister like submitted it to him because he wanted to see what, what everyone's kids were drawing these days. And he he was like recreating kids' pictures and doing like super professional drawings of their own renditions, which was really, really cool. So she was like hyped about that, that he like saw her picture and did it for her. So that was really cool. Oh, that's adorable. I loved that. That was cute. Yeah. So those are the things I like seeing on my timeline. Yes. I'm trying to think. I saw a story today. Um, I guess it started in like, it started in, I want to say it started in Iowa. One of the states that starts with an I. 
and <laughs> there's a there's a few of them. Um, One of those eye states. <laughs> there's a few of them. So they're doing so neighborhoods are doing what they call teddy bear hunts. So what people mm. are doing is they're putting stuffed animals um, in their windows, and then people with families or with young kids are walking around the neighborhood and quote unquote hunting the teddy bears, and they're like keeping track of. Um, how many bears they can find. And it's just, it's a fun scavenger hunt activity that you can do that's sort of participating with other people without physically yes. interacting with them. So mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's really cute. I kind of wish I lived in a house. I was like, I've got a Virginia Tech Hokie Bird plushie. Put him, <laughs> put him in the window. Hokie bird. Yeah, my neighborhood did that, Mary. It was a lot of fun. Like my kids had a, a lot of fun, like searching for the animals in people's windows and then my neighborhood did like a chalk drawing contest, which was fun. Um, oh, I love that idea. I, I love that like a lot of people are now like adopting pets. Like there are so many shelters that don't have, they're running out of pets and animals because people are mm-hmm. now bringing them all in because obviously we're all at home. So it's the perfect time yes. to train yes. um, a new dog or take in an animal because you're home. Um, so I love that as well, that people are um, saving all the animals. Yes. Speaking of which, my parents have trained my cat to wave. Oh, really? Which it's one? A very exciting time, guys. Jo- Joey or Rummy? <laughs> Joey. Yeah, look at Joey. Was that the? She's all slim and trim now because she was on a diet, so now she's waving. Was that the um, video that you posted the other day where she was like, she was petting you? I think she was petting me. Oh yeah, God. she pets me when she wants to be pet. That was. <laughs> that might be the most. That I I fell in love. Like I was like, that is the most adorable video ever like my cat when she yes. wants attention she just she comes at my feet and scre- like she screams um so it actually <laughs> happened during the hot mics broadcast the other night when we were on and llama was upset because i wasn't paying attention to her so she's sitting at my feet is screaming and people heard it over the broadcast <laughs> <laughs> so i was like i was like guys that, that, that's my cat and then um the other night she decided to headbutt me in the middle of the night because i guess she was starved for attention and i was and she didn't like that i was asleep so i woke up and i just like i woke up to this cat headbutting me in the middle of the night <laughs> that's great she's well probably, guys she's probably annoyed with my workouts and me trying to <laughs> count down for her i mean i did see like all the animals um who were like mad about their owners like being home all the time during this quarantine <laughs> like giving did you see the video of somebody tied the balloons to that dog no no, I didn't see oh my, that. No, it was funny. It wasn't, like, cruel or anything. They tied a bunch of balloons to this little dog, and, like, he, he started floating up into the ceiling. And, like, oh. the person who quote tweeted, they're like, dogs are so ready for people to go find <laughs> Yes, I saw a very, like, not suitable for work video of, like, a... I don't know, like, how they did it, but it was, like, a dog, like, moving its lips but it was like a person talking and it was oh i've seen that yeah it was like dropping f-bombs like (laughs) why the f are you here get away from me so if i can find it i'll send it to you guys yes please absolutely Uh, all right guys well this was good this was good we got some sports chatter in for you all we got some quarantine chronicles in and uh we're gonna stay here and keep kicking and we'll give you guys some more details uh, via twitter and social media about the live Browns Jets restream re-air of the game so you guys yes. can watch it with us. We would love to watch Yay. it with you guys and be And I'll be there this yes, time. Yay. We can be together apart. Yes. yes. Also shout yes, out yes, yes. it is world um is it world I got to look at this. 
Health Day or Health Heroes? Yes, World, World Health Day. So shout out to all of those that are working on the front lines, helping us battle this horrible pandemic. Anyone working at the grocery stores, pharmacies, um, truck drivers, UPS drivers, thank you to all of you essential workers, including you, Miss Briss. Oh, no, I'm not essential anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the time this airs, I will now be working from Good. home. They finally figured out that I was not essential. And they're like, excuse me, They go listen home. to the podcast. I'm like, you know what? We're going to reevaluate this. <laughs> also, I'll give a shout out um, because we obviously the obvious is um, grocery stores and pharmacies. But other stores mm-hmm. that are staying open at this time, uh, there are pet stores that are staying yes. open because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, people need supplies for those pets that they're fostering. So shout out to people who work in pet stores. Uh, I know yeah. hardware stores are still open, yep. you know. So pretty much if you work in retail and your store is still open, you're a rock star. Yes. Thank you for everything. Yes, Everyone you. stay safe. Wash your hands and stay home, guys, if you can. We love you. We will talk to you next week. Don't forget to download us on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher and please rate and review us and we will see y'all soon. 